Welcome to Chasing the Yield. It's Kevin Bay for April 18th, 2022. It's episode number 49. And today I'm going to be talking about Pembina Pipeline and how it's been a fairly solid performer for me since I bought it back in July of 2021, by the way. <laughs> not 2020, certainly not 2022. Uh, 2022 because we're not there yet uh so but uh, let me just first let you know that you can donate to this show with the big red donate button on the website or on the show notes page and uh it's a it's a value for value enabled podcast which means if you're using a new podcast app from newpodcastapps.com that's also um value for value um enabled you can stream bitcoin micropayments to me if you so choose. So today, let's see, uh, what the heck was going on today? Uh, same old stuff with, uh, the war continuing. The markets have been fairly flat today. They, they said that they were going to start out, um, down, but they just kind of, they started out up and then just kind of remained flat for most of the day today so far. It's at the time of this recording, it's 205 Eastern time. And the Dow is uh, up like 0.3. S&P's up 0.3. NASDAQ is up 0.2. So it's just kind of flat. Nothing much happening. Which, I don't know if it's good or bad. You know, the headlines are, let's see, in the Wall Street Journal, hot economy, rising inflation. The Fed has never successfully fixed a problem like this. So that's not, that doesn't sound too good. We got the BA. Two uh, proves the pandemic isn't over, but people are over it. Uh, let's see, small businesses object to rerouting of COVID-19 aid. So there's all that kind of stuff. And then uh, Bank of America's quarterly profit fell 12%. That's kind of crazy. Uh, but uh, they earned $7.07 billion down from $8.05 billion a year earlier. And then there was a story about bank stocks, which I didn't, I you know, I don't quite understand. I'm, I, again, I'm a total amateur at all of this stuff. Yeah, you know, I, I try to use, you know, maybe it's not the best idea in the world. I try to use my common sense when it comes to my investing. And I try not to invest in, in concepts that I don't understand. Uh, but the headline in the Wall Street Journal was bank stocks have to reckon with the downside of higher rates. Uh, and the subhead is rising interest rates have many benefits for banks, but some of the burdens are front and center now. I always thought, you know, not crazy high interest rates, but uh, reasonable interest rates. And I guess I'm old enough now to think reasonable interest rates for loans, you know, are seven percent because back when i got a mortgage in the 80s it was way higher than that part partly because my credit wasn't so hot either but you know i was a young guy so um that was a bigger risk than i am today Uh, but the story is um the Wall Street Journal is reporting rising rates are often a sign of good times ahead for bank stocks but sometimes you can have too much too fast of a good thing Higher interest rates have many benefits for lenders as the interest income they earn typically rises faster than what they pay for funding. 
the last time the Federal Reserve started raising rates at the end of 20, uh, 2015, bank stocks sharply outperformed the S&P 500 over the next two years. Now at the beginning of what may uh, what many believe will be an even more aggressive rate cycle, bank shares are limping, falling nearly 12% so far in 2022. Russia's invasion of Ukraine did threaten disruptive, uh, did threaten re- disruptive volatility or credit losses, but resilient earnings so far haven't yet relieved bank shares. Instead, earnings have highlighted a key difference from the prior cycle. Banks are much more heavily invested in securities that will decline in value as rates like U.S. Treasuries, uh, Treasuries as a percentage of U.S. commercial bank assets are around 8%, almost double the share at the end of 2015. According to Federal Reserve data, mortgage-backed securities are nearly 15% versus under 12% in 2015. As deposits surged during the pandemic, many banks shifted some cash, earning virtually nothing on deposit at the Fed into securities. This was welcome relief for the net interest income when these earnings were under so much pressure and was one factor powering a 35% rally in the KBW NASDAQ Bank Index last year. But now some of the downsides of those moves are coming into view. The declines in on-paper value of banks available for sale, holdings aren't reflected in net income, but accumulated other comprehensive income, or AOCI, accumulated other comprehensive income. Under current banking regulations, AOCI, can then flow through to banks' capital calculations when rates were plunging. Many banks got a vital bump to capital levels as bond values rose. Now that rates are rising, AOCI is a drag. Banks including Citigroup, J.P. Morgan Chase, State Street, and Wells Fargo uh, called out the negative effect on key capital ratios. I have no idea what any of this means, and um, I don't know if it's a good or bad thing for my portfolio. It's just one of those things that um, escapes me, and I'm trying to understand what it is. Now, in my portfolio, I have 25% of my total portfolio of the whole kit and caboodle is in financials. And right now, let's see, there it's kind of a mixed bag. Some are good, some are not so hot. Uh, but I think overall... Overall, I'm I'm doing fairly well with financials. Now, not all of them are banks. Um, I I do have some, like uh, Bank OZK. Uh, let's see, Capital is Capital Southwest. Yeah, Capital Southwest is a bank. Uh, let's see, some of these are just um, investment companies. Canadian Imperial Bank of Canada. Uh, I don't know. Pretty much everything everything seems to be okay. Community Trust Bank Corp. Uh, it's kind of a mixed bag, but for the most part, I mean, I, I've had uh, some of these for many years, and some of these I've only had for a few. Um, but I don't have any of the big banks like uh, Bank of America or Chase or Citibank. Uh, I use them, as I use all three, as a matter of fact, as a consumer. But uh, for investing, I have not invested in any of them, per se. So um, if anybody can explain that story to me simply, I would appreciate it, because I don't really understand 
where that's going or, or why it is bad news for banks. Um, on my, let's see, I, I blogged earlier, or last week I think I talked about it, my AT&T uh, stocks where AT&T split off their entertainment side. And there were 37 shares that I ended up with of Warner Brothers Discovery. Now, there was supposed to be a temporary symbol that should have popped up in my uh, brokerage account. And I didn't learn until after the fact that I would have had to have called my broker in order to, to trade those, that symbol to sell out of it while it was in transition. So I, nobody ever sent out a notice about this. I just kind of learned after the fact about, you know, after reading about it, uh, that that's something that I, that I could have done. I knew it was going to happen, but I didn't know I had to call my broker. I thought it would just pop up in there. So what I did um, when, they, when the shares of Warner Brothers Discovery, simple WB as in boy, D as in dog, um, showed up in my brokerage account, I sold all 37 shares, and then I used that money because it wasn't a great deal of cash. I put it back into AT&T. Uh, so that, that trade is done. It's over with, and now it's back in AT&T. It's just going to sit there earning, what, what the heck is AT&T right now? Four, per, four some odd, four point some odd percent. Let me see here. AT&T, if I can remember which portfolio, if you can hear me scrolling down using my mouse. AT&T, their dividend yield right now is... 5.71% as of this recording. Stock price is down 0.4% today. So I am right now at a loss on AT&T, but not that much. Six, $600. So, uh, okay, so that's where that stands. Uh, Pembina Pipeline. This is a stock that is in my a high yield portfolio and it is the safest uh stock that I have in that portfolio the safest stock with the highest yield uh so they have a safety score um I use uh simply safe dividends where they they give a it's a service that I pay for and they give different ratings by looking at fundamentals of a company and looking at their dividend and they give a rating as to whether or not they believe that the dividend is safe over the next full economic cycle and Pembina Pipeline right now is rated as safe and I think they have an 80 rating let me double check real quick here yeah their rating number is safe, is 80 and the the their rating goes from zero to a hundred, and the safe level is between sixty one to eighty. So they're at the higher end of safe. They're almost at the very safe level. And um, I purchased them back in July twenty twenty one. I went and bought six hundred and fifteen shares, and it's been. Good. Um, their dividend yield right now is 5.08. Let me just go through them as a company. Um, they're a Canadian company, an energy company founded in 1954. Their headquarters is in Calgary. 
For 37 years, they delivered oil to Edmonton using the Pembina Pipeline system until 1991, uh, then it acquired Peace Pipe, uh, the Peace Pipeline Limited, and half of the Bonnie Glen system, which serves Alberta, Alberta, Canada. The company joined the Toronto Stock Exchange in 1997. In 2000, the company completed its largest acquisition that doubled its size overnight. They acquired Federated Pipelines Limited. PBA converted from a uh, Pembina Pipeline converted from a corporation to a trust in 2010 and nearly doubled its assets in 2017. Their assets have a solid foundation and are very difficult to copy, you know, because pipelines are difficult to construct. And if you were paying attention to what happened with the, the Keystone XL pi- pipeline, then you know, you know, um, in the United States, Trump pushed that one forward, and then when Biden was elected uh, and came into office, one of his first thing, one of the first things he did was cancel that one. So once a pipeline is established, they they tend to stay and uh, continue to to produce. You just have to maintain it. And pipelines are you know very difficult to get through the regulatory process, and they cost billions of dollars in construction. Um, the shale basins where um, PBA is the symbol, by, by the way. P is in Paul, uh, B is in boy, A is in apple. Uh, the shale basins where their assets reside have more than 100 years of reserve life left based on their current production rates. The company believes its pipelines to last that will last at least 100 years with proper maintenance and should provide steady performance for decades to come. So they're, they've got a good, solid, uh, pretty boring business of delivering energy. And they do it through pipelines that they control. So on July 28th, 2021, uh, when I purchased them, their, uh, the stock price was at $32.46. And as of the time that I'm recording this, or actually as of the time that I wrote the blog post for this, they were at $39.81 a share. Their market cap is $21.5 billion. They got a PE of 21.8, and their dividend yield right now is 5.08%. And they have a dividend streak of 23 years. So they haven't, they're not uh, new on the block at paying dividends. They've been paying very solidly for over a couple decades. I've got a little chart here that shows their, their stock price for the last uh, five years. And they, they did have a big dip back in 2020, but that's everything dipped that was um you know when everything kind of crashed for uh covid so my shares i got 613 uh, sorry 615 shares at at a cost of $32.46 per share and it gives me an estimated estimated annual income from that one stock of around $1236 give or take uh their current uh, payout payout percentage. So, while you know I don't recommend that you purchase any stock, um, all I'm doing is just giving you a little outline of one in particular that's performed fairly solid for me uh, over the last year, and hopefully it continues soon. Let me pull up here. So, in my shares, I am up. Um, that's an uh, increase of 22.3% just on the stock price alone. That plus the income 
uh, you know, over the last year, which, you know, I'm coming up on a full year soon, and that'll be almost uh, $6,000 up on that one in particular if I were to sell it today. They are, let's see, 2.2% of my full, uh, wait a second here. Yeah, 2.2% of my of my total portfolio. Uh, let's see. And they're currently, let's see, the yield on cost is 6.2%. And I can't recall why that would be high, that much higher. Uh, but in any case, that's a solid company that's been producing uh, good, consistent income for decades. Uh, and so now uh, I'm, I'm trying to change up the format a little bit. I didn't have a whole lot of news from last week. Um, so I'm going to try to just go a little bit more in-depth in on some of these companies that are in, in my portfolio. So the uh, update on the portfolios are last week... The low yield portfolio was down 0.33%, up for the month 2.6%, and down still for the year 1.06%, but it's up 39.66% since inception. Sorry about that. My medium yield portfolio is up 0.57% uh, for the week, down 0.24% for the month, and up 0.85% for the year, and up 10.03% since inception. My high-yield portfolio last week was up 1.62%. Uh, for the month, it's up 0.56%. And for the year, it's uh, doing gangbusters, up 8.89%. And now, since inception, it's up 2.34%. Uh, the total portfolio as a package last week was up 0.44%. Uh, for the month, up 0.94%. And for the year, up 1.64%. And since inception, up 19.31%. Dividends received last week. These are the following are, are reinvested uh, in my IRA. Community Bank paid $38.72. Franklin Resources, $48.83. Illinois Tool Works paid $43.94. Main Street Capital, $64.15. Leggett and Platt paid $63.88. Care Trust paid um, $65.97. Those are all reinvested in the IRA. Um, dividends paid out that went into my pocket. Community Bank. Uh, of course, I misspelled community on the website. So let me fix that right now. Uh, they paid $53.32. Franklin Resources paid $87.87. WP Carey paid $98.30. Main Street Capital, $47.73. Leggett and Platt paid $80.64. Pembina Pipeline, $103.07. Starwood Pop Property Trust, $84.48. And KKR Real Estate, they paid out $110.51. In dividend events, Crestwood Equity Partners, their next dividend of $0.65.5 per share is a 4.8% increase over the previous payout of $0.62.5 per share. Artesian Resources Corporation, their next dividend of uh, 27.29 cents per share is a 2% increase over their previous payout of 26 and three quarter cents per share. Procter & Gamble, their next dividend of 91.33 cents per share is a 5% increase over their previous payout of 86.98 cents per share. Uh, the following companies uh, announced theirs and they're all in line with their previous payouts. 
Entero Midstream, their next dividend of 22.5 cents per share. Fastenal's next dividend of 31 cents per share. Caterpillar, their next dividend of $1.11 per share. And Enterprise Products Partners, their next dividend of 46.5 cents per share. Reminder, this is a Podcasting 2.0 compatible podcast. That means if you're listening on a Podcasting 2.0 compatible app, you'll have access to transcripts, chapters, and chapter images that accompany each episode. Go to newpodcastapps.com to download and support these independent apps. And go to podcastindex.org to support Podcasting 2.0. It's a value-for-value podcast, and if you're listening on one of those podcast apps that are value-for-value enabled, you can stream Bitcoin micropayments while you listen. And that's not just this podcast, but there's a whole host of podcasts out there that if you go to value for value um, with a four for the number four, <laughs> valueforvalue.io, and there's a list of podcasts that are all value for value enabled. I am, as a reminder, I'm not an invested, I'm sorry, I'm not a registered investment advisor, broker, or dealer. I may have positions in any financial instrument, product, or company mentioned on the website or on the podcast. This information is provided uh, for information and entertainment purposes only and are not intended as advice or a recommendation or an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or financial instrument. All opinions are based upon sources believed to be accurate and are provided in good faith. No warranty, representation, or guarantee expressed or implied is made as to the accuracy of the information contained herein. Please contact an investment professional if you have any questions regarding an investment. You can reach me at mail at chasingtheyield.com. That's M-A-I-L at chasingtheyield.com. There are also links to uh, Twitter and Facebook on the website. Um, If you uh, like this style where I more talk about a particular company in depth or more in depth, I mean, this one was kind of light because I just kind of started on this. Uh, So if this is something that you prefer, please drop me a line, let me know. If there's something else that you that you wanted to know or have a question about, um, you know, send me an email or reach out to me on Twitter. Uh, but that's all for next week. I will um, highlight another company. I don't know if I'll highlight another one that was a solid performer or may, maybe one that hasn't done so well for me. Um, but uh, we'll see what that what that holds. Until then, I will talk to you next time. Bye bye.